Welcome to World War Three. I mean, ah, geez, my bad. Um, this is episode 56 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast here in Portland, Oregon, uh, where the Russians haven't invaded yet. Yet. Uh, but I'm wearing my Red Dawn t-shirt just in case. <laughs> just in case. That movie is uh, a trip. It's incredible. It's they tried to remake it, and they were like, we can't do half of those things anymore. <laughs> and so the, it's just really boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, that you and wa- Blazing Saddles, just movies that can never be remade. Yeah, you watch it, and you watch Red Dawn now, and you're like, nope, that can't be done. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, that can't be done either. Uh, that, oh, okay, most of this movie can't be made. Great. <laughs> um, where they like make the class president swallow a tracking device. And then they gun him down because of it. Like it's, it's absurd. I I think if I remember correctly, I read that that movie was supposed to be made about China. They're trying to open the market in China for Hollywood. And and so they like changed it all to Russia. Yeah. And Nicaragua. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Famously uh, invasion prone Nicaragua. Uh, You know, when I think of countries that are apt to invade the Western United States, Nicaragua's way up there. Well, I mean, that's funny because I think we conducted military operations in Nicaragua. Several times, <laughs> probably, yeah. We're probably doing it right now. <laughs> Just for fun. We've got boots on the grounds because we can. Yeah. Congratulations to America for uh, no longer being the major foreign power or only major foreign power to be in a pointless war for political gain. Yeah. And uh, hats off to uh, us for... Uh, I got nothing there. Yeah. No, I lost it. Hats off to Canada for putting America in its place. Uh, once again. Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, I'm Jake. This is Evan. <laughs> Forgot about that part. This is the Handsome Hockey Podcast. It's not really. We're not really actually going to sit here and talk about World War Three the entire time. You know, it, it's only slightly on our minds, but not yeah. like completely on our minds it's kind of funny how though like everyone in hockey's twitter feed right now is just like hockey highlights and war yeah and uh i don't know it's it's a little surreal yeah or uh the combination point which is are we allowed to ask alex ovechkin about the <laughs> right invasion of the ukraine um which, Art- Art- yes. panarin's got to be like well at least they can all talk to me yeah <laughs> uh the answer to that question is yes, you can ask him questions about it. And the answer to does he have to answer is no, he doesn't have to answer. So I want to know what the uh, Ukrainian biathletes are doing that just competed in the uh, Olympic Games. Are they hunting uh, Russians? Yeah. Are they, you know, like doing everything they can to try and get home? Or are they like just hanging out in China and, you know, happily a world away from this? Or are they like, yeah, hunting down Russians on skis with with their uh, target rifles that have uh, very slow rates of fire, still wearing their bibs from the Olympics. They're going to go like full Simo Haya um, and just like kill hundreds of Russians. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Simo Haya is a Finnish sniper who killed like something like 300 Russians or something in, in like a year. Wow. Over 500. Yeah. Way wrong. Wow. His, uh, his nickname is the white death. Wow. <laughs> That dude rules. He got shot in the face and was like, nah, it's fine. I think really we've just come up with a concept for a movie. Instead of American sniper, it's Ukrainian sniper. <laughs> Finns win the gold medal and have the best sniper of all time. He yeah. skis home from China to take on the Russians single-handedly. We could write that in a weekend. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's easily better than Sharknado. <laughs> yeah. Except One's for, got sharks. Yeah. If we could somehow slip a shark into the story, then it's a full win. <laughs> Not shark NATO. <laughs> Anyways, so the Olympics happened and hockey was played, although not by NHLers. We're going to start with the women, however, because that was 
much more interesting yeah, and easily the, US, the most captivating and the u.s and canada went further mm-hmm. um and guess what we are homers um <laughs> and uh you know if anyone follows the athletic podcast we know what happens to homers so the women's tournament played out probably as everyone would have expected uh, the u.s and canada skated for the gold uh, with canada winning three to two Although it was not that close yeah, at all. It like, didn't feel that close. And even though like the US had a couple of uh, near goals, Canada just dominated the whole game. It was just like, oh, this is kind of a beatdown. I thought the US uh I, I thought the US in the third period started to assert itself finally yeah, they, and use they, their speed and finally create some havoc and they ended up getting a goal from that havoc towards the end there. Um, but yeah, I think probably two thirds to three quarters of that game was all Canada and it was, it was, uh, a, a rough night for the stars and stripes. Yeah. I mean, do you think they missed Brianna Decker? Absolutely. Yeah. There, there oh, was God. no, there was one line and no secondary scoring for the Americans or no real secondary threats. But I mean, they also, you know, put an early goal off the pipe and, uh, I think had another close call mm-hmm. kind of midway through the game. So gosh, there's a reason we always get excited when these two teams come together because, well, they don't like each other very much and it's always just super captivating TV. Uh, Marie Philip Poulin uh, scored two goals in the final, including the game winner, the ultimate game winner. You down with MPP? Yeah, you know me. Uh, Sarah Nurse set an Olympic record with 18 points. That's the most points in a single women's hockey tournament. Wow. I uh, also pretty rad that she's a woman of color and that she, uh, I think became the first black gold medalist in, uh, Canada and Canadian women's hockey history. And so also awesome that that game drew 3.54 million v- average viewers, uh, yeah. which is more than any NHL game this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of people watching hockey. Yeah. And a lot of people watching women's hockey as, more as it should be yeah. and you know a lot of people rightly pointed out like oh where can i watch these women play professionally in in north america you know on, in a league and and then you have to kind of awkwardly explain to them like well they play uh, exhibitions. Kind of not really at all there's this other league and they do sh- they do some showcases occasionally but near the two shall meet and yeah. uh yeah it's just it, it's a weird conversation and we'll get to this later but the phf was like hmm how can we capitalize that <laughs> i know money so we'll get to that later though there of course as there always is uh like human male chungus detritus <laughs> talking about how women's hockey shouldn't be an Olympic sport because it's dominated by two people or two teams. And it's like the men's is all Canada and Russia. Fuck off. Yeah. And there are plenty of other sports that are just dominated by two or three, you know, a handful of teams. And, and, you know, we don't care. We don't care that U S dominates ski jumping. We still watch it. Like it's the dumbest argument to be made. And, Get better, world. <laughs> Get better, world. <laughs> the people who are talking about this are wrong, and they should feel bad about themselves. They should probably like look in a mirror and then just smash their face into it. There were, oddly enough, some female reporters talking about this, and it's like, are you like the women's hockey Candace Owens? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I understand, you know, wanting to have a little bit more of a I guess, diverse playoff from a national perspective. Um, But also that's kind of what we got in the men's tournament. And that didn't really turn into very captivating TV either. Like a kind of superpower, superhero story engages people kind of predictably. I don't know. The men's tournament had what they were asking for. And it seemed much less interesting than the women's tournament. Speaking of the, men's tournament slovakia ousted the u.s in the quarterfinals sweden did the same to canada so i'm guessing the uh the numbers for the men's tournament wasn't quite that great and both of these games that saw u.s and canada falter were very very close games i think both were one goal games one was shootout one was overtime if i'm not mistaken uh the u.s went to a shootout and i think canada lost two nothing but u.s went to a shootout and coach calls off the bench okay oh she and then 
Oh, shit. TJ. Yo, TJ. Get on the ice. Oh, Buddy. Shit. <laughs> oh, TJ. TJ. Buddy. <laughs> Bueller. Uh, so those are like the kind of the 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 North American stories for the men's tournament. The really cool things, uh, Slovakia earned their first uh, men's hockey medal by beating Sweden in the bronze medal game. Hell yeah. Uh, Sweden had, as we said earlier, previously ousted Canada. And the other big story, Finland topped the Russia. But seriously, this isn't Russia. It's just a bunch of yeah. Russians playing hockey together, but it's not Russia. It, what are they this Is it RSO? ROC. ROC. Rock. <laughs> I feel like they were RSO, Registered Student Organization, for a while. But, uh, yeah. Welcome to The Rock. Uh, uh, Sean Connery was actually uh, revived from the dead to introduce them at the opening ceremonies. Is Sean Connery dead? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did die. Really cool to see Finland win. Uh, They obviously have, probably in the last 10 years, started putting out a ton of just high profile hockey players they've always been a hockey nation but they've really just put out a ton of guys lately and so it's really cool to see them even without their nhlers pull out a a a gold medal i was pretty uh pumped to see valtteri filpola long time oh yeah long time red wing and also good human being win a a gold medal cool what a cool cap on a on a long NHL career, yeah, and to do it against a uh, a nation that your country has previously gone to war with, like that's got to be probably a number of times. Yeah, at this point, they yeah, it, you're right. <laughs> they have the uh, the Winter War, the Continuation War, and you know now the Gold Medal War. Just and, uh, you know, maybe bring this soon home World to, War Three. Yeah, to, just to bring this home to current events. Putin's like, you know it. Fuck it. Let's get Finland, too. Yeah, he, He's going after Finland right after Ukraine. Just yeah. like, well, we got a grudge to itch. <laughs> and like the, uh, the white death <laughs> creeps out of its out of its dormant state in its casket and just comes out and starts hunting people. We're starting to make World War Three t- sound too much fun. That's that's the other movie is Zombie Sniper. <laughs> So we have Shark, NATO, and Zombie Sniper. Yes. And we got to think of a clever name for the biathlon movie. <laughs> In NHL news, trade season is among us. Yeah, we're a month from the trade deadline. Yeah, around there. Yeah. Uh, things are starting to get hot. Yeah, it, well, this will be, this happened, and then there will be nothing for like two weeks. And then all of a sudden it'll go ping, 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 ping again. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there are more and more teams that are starting to trade for players earlier because they see value in that you get more time to incorporate like a rental into your system. You maybe get a better chance to get your pick of the litter. And I don't know. I I think we're seeing more teams deal earlier for guys with, uh, with this deal as a bit of a harbinger. That was what Brad tree living, the GM in Calgary said, he's like, Mm -hmm. I want to get my work done early. So Mm -hmm. these guys have a chance to acclimate uh, to the system, to, get used to the locker room to get used to being in Calgary, all that stuff. Right. Just uh, being very cold. Yeah. Oh, it was, I think like negative 27 <laughs> there today or something like that. Um, I wish that was a joke, but I'm pretty sure it was that cold today. I don't doubt it. Um, and then one of the perks here is Tyler Toffoli has played for Daryl Sutter before. So it kind of works out that he has a working knowledge of the system or at least some vague idea of the system and can hopefully settle in pretty quickly. Um, he was traded for Emil Heinemann, Tyler, don't call me Rem Pitlick, a 2023 fifth round pick and a conditional 2022 first round pick that is top 10 protected. That's quite a uh, mouthful of trade it gets even better uh (laughs) if the 2022 first rounder is not or is in the top 10 which it won't be because calgary's i think first in the west right now so uh, but if it is in the top 10 calgary can say no we want to bounce that pick to 2023 and then it's automatically gone but if they do that they also have to surrender a 2024 fourth rounder sure yeah okay all right i mean like 
what are these guys like lay awake at night and think of like ifs to ands to add to contracts? It's like, weird because like, they've got nothing on the NBA. <laughs> For sure. The NBA. Sure. We is, haven't had a three team trade in the NBA forever. is a clown car. <laughs> the NBA is hilarious. Yeah. Well, we have the I mean, only thing fucking... I pay attention to at all about the NBA is when they start trading players. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. I don't even understand it. Uh, the, there were a couple of three-team trades last year. I think the Dennis Savard trade. Oh, yeah. But they just retained salary. They It was just through an intermediary. And, yeah, and got a draft pick. Which, I mean, good. I mean, because that, that eventually makes more trades if you can launder your money through, you know, Monte Carlo. Um, <laughs> well, or Arizona. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Arizona, Arizona and Toronto have become uh, bedfellows recently. Ooh, um, triple X version of dance partners. Yeah, I want dance partners in the script, but you know what? Let's sex it up a little <laughs> bit. Gotta, gotta make people out there purr uh, <laughs> like a Wolverine next year crutch. The easier of these two trades to talk about is uh, Carter Hutton heading to Toronto for future cur- uh, considerations. Oh, I love that player. He's yeah. so good. Uh, yeah, the future considerations, they might be like a bag of pretzels. It also might be two bags of pretzels. Hey, if like one of those bags of pretzels is chocolate covered, we got a deal. Or like that's like the best flight ever. The flight attendant is like, I think you need two pretzels. And I go, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I look like a hungry boy because I am. I starve myself because airport food is exorbitantly priced. So give me them fucking free pretzels. Also, I'm naming my firstborn child future considerations on the off chance that they make it to the NHL. We've traded future considerations for future considerations. Absolutely. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin. We have traded future considerations for the rights to future considerations. Absolutely. Love it. NHL hockey experience the drama. <laughs> the more impactful trade here between the Leafs and the Coyotes is the Leafs dumping Nick Ritchie's contract on the outs along with a 2025 second round pick in exchange for rental properties like Boardwalk and Park Place. <laughs> um, although in this case, they are known as Ryan Zingle and Ilya Lubushkin. I just want to point out that I spelled Lubushkin. I might not be pronouncing it correctly, no, I think you're right. but I spelled it correctly on the first try. It went and looked it up and like gave myself a high five because i was like yeah <laughs> hell yeah and uh ryan dezingle who was then uh promptly waived and picked up by the san jose sharks apparently he was reportedly told by kyle dubas like yeah we're gonna wave you don't go anywhere stay in arizona sit tight you're going somewhere else i mean that's nice of him that's yeah. a long flight to like just be to get off it and like there's somebody there holding a sign for right. you, like he's your driver, and he's like, actually, get down to another plane, sorry. Yeah, right, whereas now he has, like, what, an hour flight to San Jose? Much more palatable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Barely even level in the air between Arizona and San Jose. Yeah, the uh, Nick Ritchie just kind of never worked out in Toronto. No, it kind of felt bad for... I, I can't not call him Big Dick Nick Ritchie. But it just it. I don't know having big, having Nick big Foles, Nick Dick Ritchie. Yeah, big Nick Dick. Having Nick Foles on the Bears NFL roster for a couple of years is just like oh god. Any any professional athlete with the first name Nick, like it's just I don't know. It's alliteration. Yeah, felt kind of bad for Nick Ritchie because he came in with a lot of kind of excitement to. Toronto, he was kind of expected to be the the gritty player and and kind of multifaceted, you know, goal scoring grit that he was in Boston for a couple of years. And uh, coming off of a really good year in Boston, he definitely just did not fit in with the team. And and I don't know. I, I think this was kind of a bit of a uh, ugly contract for them to have to trade so quickly. But yeah, he'll fit in pretty well with the rest of the uh, uh, misfit toys. Yeah. The misfit toys in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. It, so it's, it's a savvy play, I think by Kyle Dubas to, you know, just kind of make sure that they get somebody of Lubyushkin's sure. uh, caliber. They have a ton of puck moving defensemen in Toronto and they needed some kind of stay at home can, mm-hmm. you know, be hardened against the, the idiocy sort of thing. That's the real deal here is a second round pick and Nick Ritchie's contract for Labushkin, basically um, who, and he's a rental as well, but he also uh, is, is that stay at home type who can really help hopefully 
solidify their back end. Yeah, and he's a big dude, um, provides them some size, and the analytics guys like Jay Fresh and his cards are pretty low on him, but also he played in Arizona. Like, they've just been bad. So it's really hard to look at someone's analytics that have just been on a bad team and think much of them. Tonight, Thursday, February 24th, 2022, uh, Zdeno Chara has broken the record for the most games by a defenseman, and uh, he's promptly on the trade block. Um, he's not been very good this year, but he's still uh, gargantuan and can chew up some minutes and provides you experience, good guy in the room, really hard worker. So, you know, a lot of GMs love that shit. It'd be really interesting to see where he lands if they decide to trade him. Trade him because uh, the Isles suck shit right now, and they bad. Uh, really just need to sell off everything for parts and play key for bellows as much as possible. Um, B for Kellos. B for <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> we should have an episode where we do that for every hockey player that we talk about. Just like switch. Just the like first yeah. Just, <laughs> we used That's to do so that with NBA players, so and when I was a kid, God, what fucking Stan Jockton? Like, <laughs> Marl Cologne. Yeah. <laughs> uh should i should i move on yeah well let's move on also baiting the hook is the gm of the nashville predators david poyle reportedly shopping philip forsberg one of their best offensive talents uh a month before the deadline i'd say their best offensive talent yeah Yeah. easily uh interesting he's a pending unrestricted free agent um you said he's a six he's million dollar six million player. Year right now. You know, I don't know if he's due for a raise or not, but uh, the maybe. Year, I mean, he's having he's having a career year. He's having his, an amazing uh, year in his uh, fucking, contract year. No way. And I fucking let him go in fantasy. Yeah, uh, that we was, know. That was that was a mistake. But uh, you know, maybe David Poyle won't make the same mistake. I kind of think this is posturing because we're a month from the deadline. They got time. They want to resign him. Um, it sounds like they have space. Yeah. It, yeah. They're going to have about 25 million cap space and they don't really have anybody to resign this year. So yeah, I I'm with you. I think it's posturing. I think we see Forsberg resign in Nashville, mm-hmm. but like if that's your bargaining tool, if you're David Poyle, like, why? Yeah, it's got to be a little why, bit of a why, rub you the wrong way. Why tell a guy that you don't want him around when you want him around, right? Like, right. Why unless tell he your said, top scorer that you don't want him around yeah. when you don't want him around? Like, uh, Interesting. I mean, the, you know, this has not been widely reported. It came from, I think, like the Isles Beat reporter. But um, I don't know. Curious. Curious. Definitely curious. 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 Definitely curious also is uh, what's going on in the PHF where it seems like uh, lots of drama. Is there ever not just some level of shenanigans happening in yeah. the PHF? I mean, it makes it interesting to cover. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, it but makes for a good podcast. It's just every time every time you look like someone's getting fired. Some some heads are getting chopped off. Like it, It's like Game of Thrones over there. Yeah, well, it makes for the a good podcast by the Ice Garden. Our podcast is shit. But, <laughs> um, first reported by Jeff Merrick uh, on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, PHF Commissioner Tyler Tuminia has announced that they will step down after the conclusion of the 2022 PHF Isabel Cup playoffs, which uh, they just announced are being held in Florida for some reason. More on that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. Tuminia's legacy is one of, I want to say, rampant expansion of the league or mm-hmm. rampant growth of the league uh, the board of governors just injected 25 million into uh, into the league uh, they are expanding into montreal and an as of yet unknown american city uh, the salary cap for teams was double more than doubled once and is being more than doubled again next year i mean that's gonna allow 
women's hockey players to make some semblance of a living playing women's hockey, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, that's a big development and comes on the heels of the uh, NWSL also expanding their uh, salary cap in recent years. Yeah. Uh, the, Tyler, uh, Tuminia also... Uh, oversaw the ESPN Plus streaming contract, which is, uh, you know, for those of us who watch a good deal of the PHF, Mm -hmm. made it so much easier. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. um, And, you know, no, like, there's no disrespect to Twitch, and I actually kind of miss the Twitch feeds (laughs) and the, and the, the social interactions of it. But having your product be so much more accessible is, is only a boon mm-hmm. for the league. Um, you know, and that all, it makes the very passionate fans have easier access, but right. more importantly, the casual fans or the people who might just stumble across it are more apt to find it on ESPN than they would on Twitch. Yeah. It also sends a very different message to say prospects that you were sending a couple years ago. Like, okay, you're coming off of your women's college hockey career. You're a very good player. Uh, you probably also have a degree. Maybe you have a trouble finding a job in this economy, like I did, finding a job in architecture in 2010. What are you going to do? Well, maybe I'll take a shot at playing professional women's hockey. Like, I don't know. I think that's really cool. So I think they've really done a lot to lay the groundwork here and just, you know, showing these games on ESPN plus has really shown that there's an appetite for women's hockey. And yeah, I look forward to watching more of them in the coming years. Eleni of, of at strong Forcheck on Twitter. And who's also the co-host of the ice gardens podcast is reporting along with the ice garden themselves that both Lisa Haley, senior vice president of hockey operations and Katie Gardner, vice president of business strategy and marketing are also leaving the league at the end of the season. So it's a whole like front office line change. Yeah. Like one after another, just over the boards, ladies. Um, The big thing here is that this isn't so much of a like shuffling of the chairs on the Titanic and it's not people jumping ship because Tyler's leaving it's more these are part-time positions right now. And so they're going to be full-time positions with the new investment in the league. And so they need somebody who can do the job full-time. So they're, uh, that's why these two are leaving. Um, So this doesn't seem like a, like, Oh God, more drama. This just seems like smart business sense. This does seem a little dramatic coming off the heels of the, uh, dismissal of Alex Sinatra from her position with the PHF players association. But yeah, as you outlined, like there's a pretty hard rationale for some of these departures. So I don't know, hard to read too much into it. Yeah. I mean, we want to sit here and be like drama, 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 (laughs) drama, but not everything is that dramatic, uh, which is something that we rarely get to say with the PHF. But in this case, I think a couple of these departures are more of a uh, just a a business plan. Right. Um, We did mention that the Isabel Cup playoffs are in Florida. Um, Why? (laughs) I you want my honest opinion? I think they just want to go to Florida. Yeah, they just want to be warm. <laughs> think, like, like, ah, oh, fuck, not doing Buffalo this year yeah. in the dead of winter. They already did Buffalo this year in the dead of winter. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> we're 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 going to Florida. Uh, I, you know, that that is probably the best reason I can think of for them that, to hold this in Florida. That and they are borrowing uh, Pat Maroon's jet ski for the inevitable parade. Okay, now I'm behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, jet skis um, oh yeah i think as we discussed earlier pat maroon probably has like 40 jet skis and just like why rides one for a lap comes in switches out as one does yeah you know us with our <laughs> jet skis uh the enough jet skis to power a small oregon oregon town but <laughs> nope just riding them up and down the willamette but it doesn't make logistical sense for a number of reasons. For one, uh, the teams. Yeah. The closest team to Florida are the Riv, and they're in New York. Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously, New Florida, New York. I mean, there's a connection there. They're snowbirds. Yeah. Woo, yay. 
uh, New Yorkers don't leave in the winter. Midwesterners leave in the winter. Oh, no. Florida is like 90% New Yorkers. Oh, well, then fine. <laughs> it also doesn't make sense for fans who would want to attend these games. That's correct. If you're a Buffalo Buttes fan and you want to go watch, sadly, probably your team get shelled, <laughs> uh, I will say this. The Buttes have had a couple of decent weekends the last couple of weeks, so... Don't hold me to the whole... I mean, they're still last place, but whatever. So I don't understand the logistics of it um, for fans, for teams, for anybody, really. I think it sort of speaks to the fact that this is, at least now in the time of COVID, generally a uh, TV sport. I mean, maybe they're going to Florida to avoid any sort of mask mandate. Maybe. And if... So hopefully they have better luck than they did in the Hubbles because uh, that was a disaster. Um, This might just be a a marketing ploy. Mm -hmm. I feel like they could do like DC or Detroit or Pittsburgh and draw a much bigger crowd. Yeah. Especially if you have, you know, a, a, a urban setting for your stadium, like that could, have a lot of really good marketing opportunities and, you know, relationship building opportunities. But yeah, I think they're fully just going for like proximity to beach. Yeah. Just go play it like honey baked in Detroit (laughs) or CompuWare. Anyways, uh, you know, this does uh, keep up a long history of hockey hosting tournaments that make no fucking sense. <laughs> uh, the NCAA Frozen Four, uh, both men's and women's, has not made sense for the better part of 25 years. I think they've held it in Tampa like three times. I heard this year it's going to be on the moon. Uh, well, uh, the dark side of the moon. You got to make it even less accessible. Well, at least they'll have a sponsor in Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> Who all hate each other, so who knows? Maybe it's a bidding war. I don't know. Like <laughs> your your uh, national anthem will be this like thirteen minute long uh, ethereal jam by this you know Robert Plant and band. <laughs> so this is kind of a like a keeping up with the Joneses sort of thing on the PHF, if that's mm-hmm. the logic we want to follow. But it's hopefully it's it comes off without a hitch. Hopefully it's a huge success or at least not a disaster and hopefully the whale went i mean hopefully everybody has fun (laughs) yeah i mean maybe that's part of the motivation is like florida ain't stopping no shit for nobody for covid so uh well maybe this will go off without a hitch regardless of who can play and who can't like uh, maybe they'll just all get infected and pull off pull people off the streets to play who knows uh like Yager shows up. <laughs> They're just like, uh, he's still got a mullet. We'll just pass him off. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, the PHF is, you know, from somebody who has unabashedly loved the whale for two years and didn't watch a lot of, admittedly, didn't watch a lot of women's hockey uh, before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really cool to see that like this is something that is they're even capable of pulling off like that seems like a huge step i just feel like florida might be a bridge too far logistically but we'll see who knows maybe uh maybe the arenas will be packed and the whale will win and i mean i gosh everybody <laughs> will have fun i keep slipping and saying i hope that the connecticut whale win the isabel cup every year Finals are going to be from Friday, March 25th to Monday, March 28th. It's always exciting when you have, you know, small team tournaments and like, how do you do a round robin very quickly? And like, you know, should you run up the score every game? Like it, it, that's part of what makes hockey fun. Let's ask whoever's playing us this week. (laughs) Now, the format is there will be two preliminary games featuring third versus sixth and fourth versus fifth. The winners of those two games will go on to semifinals against the first and second place team. And the finals will be on Monday, the 28th. All games will stream live across the United States on ESPN Plus. And TSN Direct in Canada for our like two or three weekly Canadian listeners. Nice. 
Yeah. Hey, if one of you calls in, uh, we're still good for poutine. Yeah, we got you. Watch it. They're like all vegans and they're like, no. <laughs> poutine isn't even good vegan. So stop it. <laughs> um, another point to uh, bring up is that the PHF also just announced that they are going to um, have a roster expansion and uh, cap expansion for the remainder of this year, hmm. uh, which certainly doesn't coincide with the fact that women's hockey is like the sport du jour right now and that there are probably several PWHPA players coming back from the Olympics who could be tempted to sign with the PHF franchise for the remainder of the season and no there's there's talk about talk about a power move wow yeah Yeah, it's a a massive power move I love it I love it I mean if these two organizations are going to sort of be antagonists like let's see some antagonism the release from the PHF was that the teams will be able to add up to two players from quote unquote other professional leagues (laughs) so like the english premier league oh like, yeah sergio uh, Hilero is yeah. he doesn't even play in the premier league anymore fuck me ah <laughs> uh, so right for uh phf stardom phil foden is gonna there we go honestly it's a power move yeah um, i love it the by the phf uh you could if you want to pay me 10k to play in like eight hockey games <laughs> and then go play in some playoffs in florida i'd gladly do it I don't think I pass the restrictions on gender in this circumstance. Yeah, you seem feminine. Enough well, to I'd me. have. To, oh, thanks, bud. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a hockey butt, um, but it's like you have childbearing hips. Like <laughs> I have a hockey butt. Yours is like yours is like that makes me the arbiter. Like so, I think like there's probably a Labouche song somewhere dedicated <laughs> to your butt. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yarmu Yager, I was actually cloned from him. <laughs> um, the, these are all huge moves. Again, kudos to Tyler Tuminia for putting all this together, even as an outgoing. It's really awesome to watch, like, despite all of the chaos and drama that has surrounded the PHF in the last couple of years. Right. They still make these massive leaps mm-hmm. in both popularity and visibility and uh the product that they're putting on the ice if we're lucky next year the espn broadcast will have like three cameras instead of just one (laughs) but like it's it's super cool to see and i i'm really just happy for the women in the league who are uh, i'm really just happy for the athletes yeah who now have a chance at making real money and it's got to be exciting to be a part of that league right now i mean i was a part of a, a like sh- kind of shitty upstart roller hockey league in the Midwest. And that was super exciting. Like, I can't imagine what it's be, what it must feel like to say like, Oh, we're going from, you know, broadcasting wherever we can to broadcasting on Twitch to broadcasting on ESPN plus in the span of a couple of years. Like that's gotta be super exciting for everyone involved. All right. So we've got some, some quick hitters here to yeah. end up the episode. So speaking of vegan Canadians, <laughs> Uh, and quick hitters yeah nathan mckinnon whacked a ref and nothing will happen like what the fuck (laughs) he's mysteriously injured now like so funny he's got a he's i swear to god he's so much of a boy scout he voluntarily suspended himself he's like oh my he's abductors hurt (laughs) and they're like oh okay and he's like like i'm i'm sorry i can't do any abductions today he probably Um, sent like a quinoa bread bowl to (laughs) the the official and they're like what is this quino (laughs) quino Um, Uh, it's like that's what they should have called so uh, queen after freddie mercury yeah so so mckinnon um lost a face off heaven forbid and turns around and uh goes and tries to whack the opposing player but instead hits the ref like it believable, but you still hit a ref. Like I thought this was a principle of the thing kind of equation. You know, it, you throw a errant punch and you hit a ref like that. That's bad. 
you usually sit for that. You throw a slap punch and you hit a <laughs> assistant coach from the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team who probably deserved it, and you get five games. Yeah, it, so it's a little crazy to see a star player. I mean, granted, he's missed some time with injury, but he's also had a really shitty kind of quasi head hit that didn't get penalized as well. It's hard not to say that, you know, McKinnon is playing with some Jordan rules here, but he's playing with some Jordan rules here. Like it's, it's obvious that they want to see him on the ice. We all want to see him on the ice, but uh, if you whack a ref, you should sit for at least a game. I don't care if it's an accident or not. So yeah, I sort of think that he's like, well, I'm going to have to sit myself down for this one. I'm going to test this out in our game on Monday. Oh, yeah. And uh, just see if I get some Jordan rules. They'll be like, no, Jake, we all hate you. (laughs) I'll be like, well, I figured, but I'm really good, right? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, so am I done? Yeah, you're done. Oh, (laughs) do I get to keep the jersey? (laughs) Yes, you get to keep the jersey. All right, then I'm in. Uh, Yeah, I, I haven't actually seen this yet, but I totally agree. Like, even... It's on the legs. It's one thing. He goes to whack the guy. It's one thing if like you're on the follow through of a shot or something and you hit a ref. It's another thing if you like swung at an opponent and missed and just like whack an official like. Yeah. I mean, it was also like on the leg pad. And so they're probably sort of not much harm, no foul. But he clearly hit a ref. I mean, it's believable that he missed his intended target. Sure. But he hit a ref. Like, I don't know. As a uh, sometimes beer league hockey official, I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, you know, going from somebody who did hit a ref to somebody who is always potentially about to hit a ref, uh, Sean Avery <laughs> signed an ECHL contract. This Who with who? Uh, the or, uh, Orlando the Solar, Solar Bears? Bears. Which is one of my favorite. Like, Minor league hockey teams and minor league baseball teams have some of the greatest names in all of sports. Some of the most unhinged names yeah. in all of sports. I mean, uh, shout out to our Portland Pickles, who just uh, got their mascot stolen and then had him return safely. Um, Glad to have you back, Dylan. Yeah, it, it, like Sean Avery, who has been out of hockey for 10 years, aged out at age 30. So now he's 40 is going to attempt to come back. Like, I don't know. Talk about transparent PR attention ploys. Yeah. I mean, his whole Twitter life is a transparent Twitter money ploy, but (laughs) I, I I don't see the reasoning behind this or the good in this. It just seems stupid. I mean, it seems like they're probably just trying to sell tickets and he's probably just trying to proverbially sell tickets. So, Maybe to the gun show. Yeah, right. To his uh, his modeling career and uh, shock jock uh, tendencies. Like uh, the the Joe Rogan tandem is coming. Yeah, for real. I would not think twice if I heard Sean Avery on fucking like Tucker Carlson or some shit. Um, what's hilarious is he's still hated. So uh, Matthew Barnaby. And uh, George Larocque uh, have immediately <laughs> offered on social media to sign with division teams so they can fight Sean Avery. Like, I'm down for it. Yeah, I <laughs> stream down. that. Stream that on Twitch. Oh, you know, for sure. I, I I got a Twitch account just to watch uh, PHF games last year. Mm-hmm, or same. sorry, NWHL games last year. Uh, I I still got it somewhere, so I would watch that shit in a heartbeat. Uh, can we re- in our theme of changing the first letters of uh, first and last names? Can we call him Cucker Tarlson? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do not Beaver Kellos and Cucker Tarlson. <laughs> Do uh, not cut that. And Marl Cologne. <laughs> We've uh, we aren't even drunk tonight. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so. I'm going to tell a parallel story and then come back to this. Okay. But uh, obviously in the past couple of weeks when we've been off and, and put out some bonus episodes, you should check out uh, 
Dave Tippett is out in Edmonton and Dominique Ducharme was fired in Montreal, replaced by Martin St. Louis. Montreal's gone on a heater since Martin, short guy doesn't skip leg day, St. Louis has taken over uh, and Cole Caulfield, fellow short king, is scoring again. But it's hilarious that Martin St. Louis is coaching in the NHL and Sean Avery is making a professional career, air quote, comeback. Uh, when Martin St. Louis would probably be better on ice than Sean Avery uh, any given day. There right will now. never, that will never not be true. <laughs> right. I mean, they, yeah, he was better all of his career and he's better right now. Like, I don't know. I think that's absolutely hilarious that fucking Sean Avery is attempting a comeback. Like, please. Yeah, he's kind of a massive turd. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a huge massive yeah. turd. I mean, like, uh, have you seen the videos of him over the last couple of years? Like, fuck no, almost getting in fights with motorists. I saw uh, a couple of videos once, and it was he like punch a homeless guy. It, it, like, he's he'd probably slap his grandmother for like eighty <laughs> bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, he's like he was in a broadway show and he left that I and can get behind. uh he he had to get a, a restraining order i think like sean avery's he's a psychopath and he's hilarious and i sort of like want george Lorac to just come back and beat his ass like oh, that would just yeah. be that would be the best possible punchline of this entire situation <laughs> uh was the punchline was that uh Ooh, yeah yeah thank you nyt hire me finally uh the predators did the most obvious thing that they can do for their franchise which is retire the number for pecorine yeah this was tonight last night absolutely foundational goaltender brought them to you know within a, a, a couple of games of a stanley cup victory within a whisper yeah um one of the most dominant goaltenders of his era, maybe not a Hall of Famer, so this might be it. He's like he's Hall of Fame talent, but he doesn't really have the Hall of Fame uh, uh, credentials from winning. Just if Chris Osgood is not in the Hall of Fame, neither is Pecorino. Yeah, agree. Yeah, um, he, you know, like Pecorino was sort of. He could have been a Hall of Fame goaltender, but um, with one ring, he's absolutely in. I agree. Yeah, it, it, that sucks, but I don't. This is probably some of the biggest accolades that he's going to get. So, uh, congrats to him for getting his number in the rafters in Nashville. Uh, that fan base loves him. He's never going to have to pay for a meal in that city ever. Um, and if he does, shame on you, Nashville. <laughs> He's like, well, there's there was this Denny's once, and they didn't know who I was. And uh, Pecorino is not going to fucking Denny's. Okay, fine. <laughs> Way to call out my joke. He lives in fucking. You know how much good food there is in Nashville. He's like, no. Nah. Well, you know what? Okay, I will. I'll pull back on that. There's a time and a place where you get to like a moon's over Miami level, mm -hmm. where you're just like. Also, that's strawberry yeah. lemonade, man. It's legit. Yeah. So yeah. Happy trails to Pecorine and congratulations on getting your number retired. He terrorized the Blackhawks for a lot of the time that I was a fan of them and, uh, you know, absolutely deserving of this honor. That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Uh, thank you. Or, you know, it could be the morning whenever you're listening to this. I don't know. Live your life. Don't go to uh, invading the Ukraine. You know, whatever you got to do to not invade the Ukraine. I mean, I, I, sorry, I accidentally invaded the Ukraine. Were you playing Risk again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just there. It was in Kamchatka. And yeah. Like, uh, there, you got to go through like Yakutsk and Irkutsk, and yeah. like that's a. Like, don't don't get caught up in Afghanistan. That's, no, that's bad. That's you don't. Bad. You don't like go f just on a willy-nilly from Kamchatka to the Ukraine in risk. Like, that's... You got to go through a lot of armies. That you got to go... Yeah, you're burning through armies at that point. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, speaking of burning through armies... So um, our armies of fans can find us on the internets 
at uh, handsomehockey.com, Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter, handsomehockeypod at gmail.com, or the Handsome Hockey Facebook page. And you are obviously listening to us somewhere, which, thank you. That's pretty rad of you. Uh, we don't get it, but we appreciate it. Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> uh, but if you want to tell your friends to listen or your uh, great aunt who weirdly likes hockey despite living in Kansas or like... Hey, uh, Aunt Becky is a fan, man. Hey. Oh, man, Aunt Becky, or like, let's not get all full house on me here. Anyways, <laughs> we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Amazon, that's definitely the right emphasis. Amazon. <laughs> Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast. Our web ho- or our host is Red Circle, and you can occasionally find us on YouTube. And maybe we'll make like the NHL and uh, partner with TikTok. We Who will knows? not. You say this every episode just to get a rise out of me, and it works. That's just going to be my continuing threat. It's either that or like you bring up Joe Rogan and Spotify, and I just go, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm so easily annoyed. Uh, Aren't we all these days, man? I I have been this way perpetually since birth. but um, Upset, but not irate. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We did put a bonus episode, as Evan said, out earlier this week. uh, Episode two with our buddy Rob Otero. Yeah, you can see literally where it all started right in this room we're recording now. Uh, We stuffed three of us into it. It got real warm because it was August. And uh, you can really see where and how our podcast has evolved over uh, the kind of year and a half we've been doing it. Yeah, I I was listening to it and it's very hockey nerd centric. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. like we really dive into some stats and stuff. And I was like, wow, we don't do that at all anymore. (laughs) We were so excited to have a hockey podcast. Like, I don't know. I think that was part of the... The shine is worn off. Yeah, we we had this, like, sort of joie de vivre about us that I really enjoyed. Yeah, esprit de corps. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, you know, check that out if you haven't already. Uh, As always, thank you for listening. We love you. Stay safe. Uh, Don't invade the Ukraine. If you're in Ukraine, please stay safe. Stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde.